This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your host, your boy, the number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. According to Reddit, I'm the number one cuck boy. Joining me as always in the High and Mighty Studios. Did I say John Gabris at the end of that? Either way, you know who it is at this point. If you're this far into the podcast and not sure who the host is, the uh, this is your fault. And if you think I'm distracted, it, it is because I am. My desk, my current High and Mighty coffee table looks ridiculous. You'll see a picture when I to see what I'm talking about. Joining me as always in the High and Mighty Studio is my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris, and my guest for today's First on the nose episode. I've been hosting High and Mighty for now 101 episodes. For 102, we're going to actually talk about weed. So I wasn't going to bring in just some stoner friend of mine. I brought in a legitimate cannabis expert from Bong Appetit, Rye Pritchard. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, everyone. Oh, yeah. for those of you listening at home, we have like a thousand people watching this live in my living room. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're live. Rye came in and just set up like. An attache case full of such exciting different, um, what do we call these here? Paraphernalia, all sorts of grass in all different ways. <laughs> uh, Want to talk us through what, what we have going on here, Ryan? Uh, oh, you I mean, know, fuck, fuck, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just so keyed up. Before we get into <laughs> what we have going on here, let's talk about how you have the best job title ever. Cannabis expert? Yeah, I mean, I sort of, I sort of just fell into that whole thing. I'm, I'm like a photographer and a writer by trade, but once I started doing these shows, they're like, "What do you want to be called exactly?" And I'm like, "Fuck if I know." So they just call me cannabis specialist or whatever. Right. It would be pretty weird if on Bong Appetit, when you were talking through your Chiron, just said photographer, because it'd be like, "Why is this guy the talking to this guy?" Everybody? Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> Will this photographer shut up about terpenes already? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, how'd you get into cannabis in like? The, the way we all do, someone passes it to you at a party when you're like 15 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I was I was 15. I, I smoked a joint listening to Warren G's Regulators with my oh, with my dumbass high school friends. <laughs> what a great song. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's kind of where it started. And then I got, um, I discovered the, uh, there was an online forum called overgrow.com. Um, and that's where like all of the best growers from around the world got on to talk about their shit. And so that's, I got obsessed with like the, uh, you know, the, the background of it, like where all the strains came from the, you know, where the strains originally came from in Afghanistan and Pakistan and Thailand and all these places. Um, so that's kind of where I got my strain knowledge was starting back then. And then I just sort of, you cause know, were you trying to grow at the time or you were just that interested? Yeah, no, I mean, I was, I was growing, like I ordered seeds from Amsterdam when I was 16 and grew <laughs> in my mom's closet or not in her closet. Closet, but in my, in the closet, <laughs> my closet of my mom's house. house yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah i built a little cat. i was like there's got to be a better hiding spot than your mother's <laughs> yeah, closet yeah. yeah she'll never notice um but yeah so i i started growing in my house then and um and that's kind of what started my love for it um yeah oh that's wild you're like <laughs> i guess if i were to just like back in the day you would always be like i can't get caught smoking weed but if you catch your son not only smoking marijuana but engaging in it on a cure a level of curiosity yeah. you almost want to be like wait you Learned how to grow plants. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, I guess I, maybe it was worth that, that <laughs> habit. <laughs> yeah, my my high functioning stonerness like started at an early age. I think I never... that's the thing I always think about. And first, first of all, anyone who dabs, but also <laughs> like seeing you on the show, I'm like. I'm a high functioning stoner, but my job requires me to just be able to talk. But the yeah. second you guys are like 
cooking or mixing or using a blowtorch. I'm like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. That's the big impediment for me getting started on dabs because they're always so fun. But the second I have to have a blowtorch, I'm like stressed. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally get that, and that's why you know it's nice. Like now, there's there's electronic nails and yeah. there's all this other sort of stuff, so you don't have to do it. But I'm I'm a traditionalist. I like the blowtorch. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, I don't know. You get more control. You can kind of clean it off easier. Right, it's just yeah. I don't know. I like the blowtorch. I'm a tra- I'm a traditionalist to the point where joints are my favorite way to get high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm normally a dabber. Like when I'm at home, I pretty much just do dabs because I, you know, like I got a kid at home and stuff. I don't like smell like weed all the time. So. <laughs> I got a kid, so I got to get these dabs <laughs> done. Do dabs, yeah, you know, doing you, that. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, out here doing the show and stuff, I'm just smoking joints constantly because I can just you know be at the house with a bunch of dudes and we just hang out. So it's nice. Yeah, you're pre- you're telling me like talking about my dream. <laughs> you know, I go just drinking, smoking, hanging out, while eating. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, all I do is watch that show with my wife and my wife who doesn't uh, get high is just like, how are you not on this show? I'm like, I, I became friends with someone on the Internet. About, this is how much I love this fucking show. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah I, I think I said this in a tweet to you guys, but my favorite moment is whenever Abdullah has to like uh, summon up at the end of an episode. And it's clearly on like hour four of the sesh. And he's <laughs> yeah, like, totally. guy. And then just ends like, and the food? was good <laughs> you know like with a smile and i was like that's so fucking heroic just like having to sum up an entire evening while it's super baked <laughs> well yeah and then you, like you get the notes from the network or whatever and they're like so we need to talk about like the larger societal issues and like at the end of that fucking meal you're just like first of all we've been shooting for 12 hours and we just want to be done and then poor abdullah's having to like talk to these stone guests and like try to link it all together in a nice little package it's rough i, I definitely don't envy his job having to like entertain people and i just like pop in and drop beans into a thing and fuck off you know so so how did you so how do you go from growing weed to like what what's the next steps in your cannabis career or passion or as a hobbyist um well i mean i was just smoking weed and learning about it and doing kind of my same nerdy shit internet research and whatever and then um i started uh i was working at the university of colorado in denver just like in the financial aid office um and i met some guys that had like a review website where they would just go around and do kind of like food reviews um and i had actually started my own blog like that and so that was kind of the first time that i kind of put myself out there as like a weed writer and a, and a you know a connoisseur or whatever yeah um and so i i started with a company called kind reviews we did we probably reviewed 500 strains throughout like the early days of colorado like oh, 2009 wow. through 2013 um so i met all of the people who are now like national brand presences most oh. of those came out of colorado right um, that was california's like, always been kind of a weird gray area thing so because like of, they've obviously been growing weed in norcal for a very yeah, long time totally. <laughs> colorado they have been too but now it's like they're they're completely recreational you you hear like the colorado farms i'm like what's happening in northern california now well now there's legality there so we have uh i just got lost in my own train thought i couldn't imagine why <laughs> i know we haven't even smoked this giant sour diesel joint. i yet. know you're rolling up a huge sour diesel joint right there yeah you have a skill set like but yeah that's the other thing uh I can't even host a podcast, which is just talking, which is what I'm supposed to do for a living. And Rai is answering questions and rolling a fucking monkey finger joint. <laughs> yeah, that's it. yeah. It's, it's like mo- muscle memory at this point. I can just kind of fire through it. But that's like when you see like there's that video of Snoop Dogg when he's rapping on stage and rolling a blunt with his other hand, like a microphone <laughs> yeah, like in one, one hand, hand and a yeah. one band blunt roll is like that guy's a Pretty fucking insane. champ. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I, I just kind of started with that website and that's where I actually got the photography thing. I was just basically handed the camera, um, from the, the owner of that site or whatever. Yeah. And he was just like, here, don't touch anything. Just leave it and just take photos. And so then I had to like teach myself how to do photography. So now I'm, I'm like, a, you know, I do photos for high times and covers and shit like that. Right. Was um, that like macro lens stuff at yeah. first? Cause I, I saw that on one episode of uh, Bong Appetit. You had that fucking yeah, zoomed yeah. in shot. It was so yeah, awesome. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm known for. I mean, there's only, there's only probably like 10 like dedicated cannabis photographers like i i can't take fucking photos of people for the life of me but <laughs> i can i could get super down close on the plant and shoot grow rooms and whatever i love um, how uh when you get super zoomed in on uh, a bud it looks like an alien landscape yeah like I with mean, the weird little like snork trees like the, yeah uh, what those trichomes? Yeah, yeah the trichomes yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, sn- snork trees i like that better um yeah, no, I mean, that, that's what attracted me to it. Like when I was in, uh, I went to Amsterdam with my dad when I was 19. And so, um, so I got to. So your parents have been uh, supportive of your habit slash career for a while now. Yeah, I have very supportive parents. Um, but yeah, I, I saw some photos by this guy named Jupe, who's like a legend in, in Amsterdam. And he, he did like these uh, microscope photos. And so that was the first time I was like, what the fuck is that thing? And then once I understood that, like in the heads of those little crystals is like all the medicinal value. I mean, right. the, the leaves, everything else is just garbage, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. That was like the first time uh, in co- I didn't I took like five years off of smoking weed from like all through college and a little bit after college because okay. I yeah. thought I was going to be- become a federal employee. Oh, I, yeah. I thought yeah. I was going to be an FBI agent. You better get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> Briefly. But uh, when uh, when I was in college, we went to some uh, dealer's house and they were like had like a shoebox sized thing of grass in it and they were shaking it and that had like so it was like a a primitive grinder, what I now know as a grinder with a Keef catch. Yeah. And they were like, these are the crystals, man. This is the stuff that gets you actually fucked up. Yeah. So what we do is we trim it off some of this bud, sell the bud, break even on that, and then we smoke this stuff. And I was like, and then I just like talked about it like as a legend for like five years. I'm like, there were these dudes in my college who were smoking like crystallized marijuana. And people yeah. were like, I think that was meth. I was like, no, I swear <laughs> to God. It, it, it was crystallized marijuana. And they were like, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. And then Keith, like you finally hear about Keith again, which I think was like the fir- when you when you that's the first step past like dabbling in weed that you hear about. Yeah, Keith, totally. I feel like yeah, I mean Keith is most people's like training wheel concentrate. You right. Know? Yeah. It, you you just make it as kind of a byproduct. It's just there. You can just scrape it together and cap your balls with it or whatever. Yeah, and, it's like anyone who just buys yeah. a grinder for the sake of rolling joints then learns that this thing at the bottom catches super potent a, a concentrate, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the, I mean, Keef is the most traditional concentrate, like in Morocco and uh, Nepal, places like that. That's, that's how it starts. It's always like a sifted product. Yeah. They, sometimes they press it into bricks or they work it with their hands into like temple balls. Oh, right. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a 5,000 year old human tradition. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to be part of it. Absolutely. The, the, uh, the only uh, rituals or traditions I've maintained. <laughs> what, uh, so there, concentrates are a huge. We have our windows open because we're going to be blazing here, but apparently also the neighborhood dogs are excited about. It. Yeah. Dogs love cannabis. Yeah, they really do. My dog, you would think, works for the DEA. We'll shut the door when we start smoking, and he'll push it open. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so concentrates are the concentrates are like the the big thing that I feel like I have I know nothing about. I know about 
that they exist and that dabbing, no flowers, hash butane oil. And then like all, there's just a bunch of words that I know, but I'm not yeah. sure where they all divide. Is this something you want to like talk talk me through here or talk us through here? Yeah, 100%. I mean, um basically there's there's two categories of concentrates. So there's there's non-solvent concentrates, which is generally like water hash or dry sift, which means that it's just a mechanical separation. So like So there's no chemicals added. Correct. So like with with water hash, you you know, you basically wash the plant material with very cold ice and water that breaks the trichome heads off and then you kind of sift it and separate it so um, ice bubble hash ice yeah, water exactly. hash that's the kind of stuff yeah, ice doing. wax yeah, they yeah. Call it a bunch of different stuff um so if that's made really well it's amazing i mean i've seen i've seen water hash tested 85 percent thc before oh awesome um, but it's kind of a spectrum i mean most of that hash is going to be like 60 percent or something mm-hmm. like that um and then uh so you know keef is the same thing but it's a dry process um, with screens and whatever. Um, and then you go into the whole world of solvent concentrates, which, you know, includes CO2, includes butane. Um, any hydrocarbon blend is like, you know, butane, propane. Um, you could do extractions with like hexane, but nobody uses that usually because <laughs> it's kind of noxious. Um, so, you know, butane is probably the most common. Um, a lot of the stories, especially out here in California where it's a little unregulated. Because like, they're making it in their house and they blow it up. At yeah. least according to YouTube <laughs> yeah. videos, you 100%. blow up your mom's kitchen trying to make yeah. oil. Now, so what is that? You're at the butane, it, the hash is being dissolved in the butane? Yeah. So basically like the trichomes all over the plant surface are um, butane works as a solvent. So it basically washes them off. It like oh. chemically just dissolves them. And then you end up with like an oil that's just just cannabinoids and terpenes, which are the aroma and flavor compounds and flavonoids, which are flavor compounds. Um, and that's basically all you have in the solution. Um, but once you have that solution, then you have to get the butane out of it. Okay. Um, yeah. That was my question. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, butane and, and hydrocarbon extractions are used in like to make aloe. They're used to make like mint oil. They're used in a whole variety of things. Um, but they sort of got a bad reputation because of those dumbasses doing it in their right? house. And it sounds um, bad because it's like, oh, like if you're yeah. like, don't rip the bowl for too long, you don't want to hit a butane. And then yeah. it's like, what about butane hash? Oh, it makes it sound yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Which is funny. I mean, that's one of the that's one of the main like misconceptions is that like, oh, you know, because it's made with butane, it's bad for you or whatever. But yeah. um, if you get the butane out of it, the amount of butane that you would be consuming doing a dab or whatever is infinitesimal compared to the, the amount of like lighting a joint. Right, right, right. Because, um, you know, you get 750 ppm or so just holding holding the trigger open on this bick for five for do you second, hear this you know? this is i love yeah. where you hear this <laughs> listeners this is some fucking science knowledge being dropped ppms ppms yeah so like in in colorado um they actually just recently changed the laws it used to be 800 ppms allowable in concentrates um now it's actually 5,000 because that's what the fda allows in other compounds oh um, wow so it's kind of we're in a weird gray area where the science hasn't really caught up to you know the industry yet and so, you know, public officials are sort of left with a position of like looking at other industries and then just kind of modeling it off of that. So uh. 5,000 ppms is a little more than I would personally want to consume. <laughs> right. But at the same time, there's not really any categorical evidence one way or the other. Like the FDA says that you could breathe 5,000 ppms of butane over an eight hour period. Like if you're working in a, in a workshop or something. Right, right. And, and with that's no the point. Effects, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, I mean, that's what they went off. Of right. And, um, but then there's also people like, uh, the, uh, hemp wicks. Someone turned me on to yeah. for lighting joints and blunts. And I'm like, this yeah. is for, like the old, uh, um, What's it called? Uh, hookah style, where you just kind of like hold yeah. it. I was like, oh, this is great. And he's like, there's, and you don't get any butane. And I was like, oh, is butane bad? Holy shit, butane could be. And I, I just went, <laughs> yeah. classic stone spiral of like, what the fuck? Um, and so then 
that includes your waxes, your butters, your yeah, oils. shatter, yeah, shatter. like live resin and all that sort of stuff is generally made with solvents. Like most most people are doing either pure butane or like a butane <laughs> propane blend. <laughs> Artie is currently climbing rye and possibly because he has green on his hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you like that diesel? Yeah, what's up? He said, "Yeah, you were you lived in New York for six years, bud. You're yeah, you're into it. Yeah, that's what we do. Huh? Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, he's got his little DEA vest on. He's he's coming in. Totally. Um, but yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, solvent concentrates get a bad rap in some sense, but I mean, they're my preferred product, and I I think they're the way." Like the way that butane works to wash the cannabinoids and the terpenes out is much more efficient than like CO2. It's much more yeah. efficient than water hash. Um, and you can end up with a cleaner final product if you do it that way. Yeah. So um, w- by the end of it, it's just the, f- it's just the flavors, the thing that to, to dumb it down super, it's just the flavors, the thing that gets you high and the thing that gives it, um, smell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ideally your final product would be just cannabinoids, which are, you know, the THC, the CBD, all those components and then, and terpenes and flavonoids. Oh, okay. um, it should just be just essential oil. You shouldn't have any solvent in there. And then like with a water hash, a lot of the time you have like a uh, plant particulate and like just other bullshit that was on the actual plant material. So, you know, when you end up with something like this that I'm, I'm showing, showing, uh, gave her some, uh, it's called H. T or sorry HCFSE so that's high cannabinoid full spectrum extract which is the solvent concentrate oh man um, I want to like put this on my gums yeah <laughs> yeah no it's, it smells crazy it's so, um, and is, yeah. that is something you would dab yeah yeah, yeah. so th- this one is like a high crystal content mm-hmm. um, so this one's like you know 90% THC or so Jesus um, and then all the terpenes were separated off of this or most of the terpenes there's still some you can smell it but, yeah uh, um, so let, let's yeah. talk about that because that's what I, I didn't know what, what terpenes were until I started watching Bong Appetit and now I've heard you say terpenes over a thousand times yeah. in my life. Yeah. so uh, uh, what are the terpenes so the terpenes are the essential oils of the plant that don't include the the cannabinoids basically so they're they're the aroma they're the smell um, or sorry aroma and smell are the same thing they're the <laughs> aroma they're the flavor um, and they're really there's a lot of arguments that they actually dictate what the high is because this whole indica sativa thing is generally bullshit is that what because yes. I <laughs> I truly I have smoked a lot of weed and I can I cannot tell the difference like I feel like it's like wine for me. I cannot tell the difference between highs except when I have a particularly good one. Yeah. And then I'm like, ooh, Gorilla Glue number four ooh, hybrid. Yeah, yeah. Like that that's gonna be good. And it's like like, okay, Malbec. Now that's what I that's <laughs> yeah. the red wine. Note that to I self, like. I <laughs> yeah. like Malbec, yeah. yeah. Um but I've been thinking because sativa versus indica you know and like i have friends that are super like i'm not smoking indica it's 4 p.m i don't want to be asleep on the couch i'm like if i'm tired and i smoke the speediest weed possible i if i'm wound up and uh my brain is going 100 miles an hour and i smoke indica it still just exacerbates that i feel like not exacerbates is not not the right word but yeah it's it it like blends in with whatever you're doing that's how i feel too and I, i think a lot of that's a body chemistry thing yeah um some people i definitely know you know they smoke a sativa or or a certain type of sativa and their heart starts racing and they get kind of uncomfortable. Oh, weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's definitely a thing. Like it's, it's a thing in a general sense, but the actual categorization is like a misnomer basically. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, it's like a thing in that there are different types of strains, but there's this whole like into couch and uh thing is not necessarily. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like, not a simple half or sativa's half or indica. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, everything's a hybrid, and it's all a spectrum. It's all shades right. of gray, basically. Um, like modern cannabis has come so far. <laughs> Hold on, I'm sorry. To, Arthur is in a complete mode. Did he get oh, a ball he underneath there? Yeah. yeah, buddy. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, um, the original classification was really just like the shape of the plant. So like indica plants are short and stout, and they have big, wide leaves. Mm-hmm. Sativa plants are tall and lanky and have thin leaves. Um, but the guy that categorized them actually thought that they came from different places than they did. So like the name indica was given because he thought it was from India, but actually those plants have been genetically shown to be from Afghanistan and Pakistan area. And that's why they grow that way. Cause they're grown in a fucking mountainside in yeah. like rocks. And so they need like big, thick, heavy leaves to last the winter and all this sort of shit. Um, so, you know, the, the idea that now in 2017 that we have quote unquote indica and quote unquote sativa is kind of ridiculous because it's all just hybrids it's all been hybridized at some point or another yeah you said something really cool on bong appetit that i actually brought up today it's like the reason the reason so many different strains exist is because it being illegal people uh mostly illegal people had it Oh, we're growing XJ13 over here. Well, we are trying to too, but we might not be doing the exact same shit as you guys. Or everyone has like whatever strains they're crossing in their areas, which led to so much, so many varietals. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's, you know, people always ask me like, how many strains are there? And I'm like, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. I mean, there's, there's got to be 10,000 plus. I mean, and, and also what is a strain? Like yeah. pe- people call Blue Dream a strain, but Blue Dream is just a hybrid of two things that are arguably strains. Blue Dream is just one one plant. I mean, it's a clone. It's one plant that was found that has now been passed to everybody. It's not really a strain. It's like a single plant. So like, you know, in terms of horticulture, you wouldn't call something a strain unless it's like stable. So like if you're breeding tulips or something, you you don't just cross two tulips and then you have a new varietal is actually the word they would use of tulip. Yeah. You you need to like breed it within itself again and again and again. To until prove the point, that that's re- uh, repeatable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, when you put a bulb in the ground, you're going to get a tulip that looks like this. And until it gets to that point, it's not even scientifically valid in terms of horticulture. Oh, so, interesting. So we use the term strain in such a broad way. Like in reality, there's probably not that many strains, but. In the cannabis nomenclature, there's 10,000. Know? Right, because if they were uh, not cannabis plants, you would say like, oh, these plants are all within one family. Maybe exactly. there's slight variations between them. Yeah, maybe there's like a few different sours mm-hmm. like uh, is a strain. And then like within it, the delineations are not that different. It, Arthur, you're going to have to chill, bud. <laughs> he's like, he's like grr, where's my ball? I, uh, I dropped it. I was careless with it. And now you need to fix it. Yeah, huh. That's good. Um. And so you you prefer the uh, dabbing the or at least concentrates yeah yeah I mean for for me like the reason I smoke weed and the reason I love weed is because of the flavor like ah. there's I mean you know if there's ten thousand different strains there's ten thousand different flavors I mean you can you can take two parental plants like you can say here's a haze and here's an OG and we're gonna knock them together and and create seeds and every one of those seeds is gonna have a different profile so I mean culinarily like. It's right. so much more complex than like mint or basil or any of these other things because there's thousands and thousands of possibilities. Oh, um, and so then that's why for you, the, this gets rid of all, all the burning, all anything, and it's yeah. just purely the flavor. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you can take like shittily grown weed that if you smoked it as weed, it would taste terrible. Like if it's not flushed correctly, if it's, you know, fed a bunch of garbage, like 
all that stuff matters way less when you turn it into a concentrate. Because uh, you're um, getting rid of 99% of it anyway or whatever. Yeah. percent of it. Yeah, yeah. If you do a good job extracting it and it's not treated like complete dog shit, but you know, if you do a good job extracting it, then you're just getting the essential oils. So yeah. all of the, the residual nutrients and all this other sort of stuff just is put aside. Um, oh. So it's much harder to grow weed that's great to smoke at the end than it is to grow weed that can be used for concentrate. And so that's part of the reason why it's becoming so proliferated um, is because people are like, well, I got all this weed that's not great. I'm not going to get a great val- dollar value for it on but the shelf. But if you make some great uh, wax yeah. off of it. Yeah, uh, then you make more money overall. Yeah. You know? Wow, that makes Especially sense. with these Cali prizes where it's, you know, <laughs> 70 a half grand and shit, which is insane. Come to Denver, it's like so much cheaper. It's nuts. <laughs> I know I was paying like $70 an eighth of grass in New York delivery. And then I came here and I was like, this is on top. And then I hear about uh, Colorado. I'm like, oh, fuck, that sounds even better. Yeah. I mean, and that that comes with regulation. I mean, you know, three years from now in California, it's going to be exactly the same thing. And it's probably going to be cheaper because you can grow outdoors here so much easier. And you have a big warm season. You can get two harvests a year out here. (laughs) Um, I got to get my uh, get my checkbook right and get some investments going when it goes. (laughs) Yeah, it's going crazy. It's going super crazy right now. Um, what and so what, and then what are terpenes? So I mean, yeah, t- terpenes are just the aroma and flavor components. So I mean, like on the show, we use them a lot of the time. Like you would use a mint extract. We're like we're making a sauce. We want it to taste a little bit like cannabis, but in in all the good ways, not like the plant material, the chlorophyll, the whatever. Yeah. So we'll just drip a couple drops of terpenes in there, and they're so potent. Like I have some bottles here, so you can yeah, smell. Yeah, I would love to. I I would love to whiff a terp. So, you know, like um, this one is a Durban Haze terpene. Mm-hmm. So this one's like, you know, kind of sweet and sweet sa- traditional sativa sort of smell. Oh, yeah. Um, That's crazy. <laughs> it's super potent. I mean, we've we've used like three drops in something and it's like tastes crazy where you're like, whoa, that's too much. So we, we're we like using micro drops. We're using half drops. Oh, wow. And I'm talking like a batch of sauce. Yeah, like, no, I see. You know, no, like, I can yeah. only imagine. Jeez, that. And that's so that's just the f- flavonoids that you were talking about concentrated. Yeah. So that's why it gives it the smell and uh... Yeah. So th- that one's a death star. So it's a little a little more rich, a little kind of um like- yeah, earthy. Yeah, that's sour diesel and sensi star. So you get kind of this weird sort of beef jerkiness from the sa- yeah, sens- yeah. sensi star. And um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there's. Um, you know, there's a whole world of flavor. And like when we're working with chefs, this, the terpenes are the thing that I always freak them out. Cause they're just like, whoa, I smell green mango. Whoa, I smell pine. Whoa, right. I smell this. I love that but, moment in every episode. Yeah. And all of a sudden someone like uh, when they're not smokers, like, yeah, or yeah. like when Marcel like smell and he's like, whoa, like, holy crap. I could <laughs> yeah. never imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I or mean, I love when like non-weed people get on board when you're, they're like, yeah, it's very lemony. You're like, yeah, it's cause it's lemon OG, blah, blah. And I love that. It's like, it just goes to like, it's not just a stonery thing where it's like you can taste the, the citrus yeah if you, if you think about it really hard you can taste it. it's like no it's fucking like citrus oil like it's crazy <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean a lot of people like i've been told this so many times where people are like i don't think strains are really a thing i don't notice a difference which like i mean like i get it like we just talked about i don't i don't feel drastically different from one to the from, other anymore yeah, based mean, on highs yeah. yeah yeah but like it but they're so different and like the aromas and the smells are, are and the flavors are so different they look um, they visibly look different yeah yeah totally. like for like that's what like i always thought was like people are like yeah there's there can't be any difference i'm like well this one is like orange and this one's purple so like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like but, yeah. maybe they make you feel the same way but they're clearly different it's like red wine and white wine and yeah, you're yeah. Like, well they both come from grapes bro just drink it <laughs> and the funny thing about purple weed is that the purpleness is actually a terpene as well 
So like it's it's a it's a plant pigment, but it also has a smell and a flavor. Oh. So it's it's called anthocyanin, and it's the same thing that makes blueberries blue. It's the same thing that makes violets violet, but it has it has a certain smell to it. So a lot of the time when you get traditional purple weed, it all smells similar. People are like, it smells like purple. It's, yeah, it's actually a real thing. And then they're smelling the anthocyanin. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. The perp. I remember like <laughs> perp was something you like heard about in '90s hip hop yeah, for a while. Totally. You're like, we gotta. F- I- we were just ta- someone. Someone was ta- maybe it was uh, actually. I probably shouldn't incriminate the person I was talking to about this. Uh, it's not. It's a, only a crime because they live in a shitty state. Yeah. But uh, they were talking about how like remember when we were coming up and it was like we own the weed we knew about was like endo, uh, hydro, and it yeah, was like yeah. uh, kind bud. We're yeah. like, yo, is that kind bud? And I'm like, what the fuck were we thinking the difference was back then? I think kind bud maybe just meant like like good not ditch weed like yeah i mean like so when i was in how old are you i'm, I'm 32 I'm, I'm 35 okay so yeah. yeah so we're right around the same time like as i remembered it in high school we had swag which was yeah. you know mexican brick weed generally we had like good swag where it was like green and didn't have like tire fragments and yeah. shit like that in it so yeah. that's like one step up it didn't look like potpourri i remember yeah. when you got swag and it was like i'm positive this yeah. is from a hamster cage totally totally yeah. um and then we had what we called in colorado anyway we called it pretend a kind so it was like it was like it was it was kind in the sense that it was nugs but then it still had seeds in it but it would get you super high like i don't know where all that shit came from and then we had kind bud which was always like it was nugs it was always separated it didn't have seeds that was kind of the yeah like when that's like when it came like in that egg corn bud shape and you were like the first time seeing going from seeing like bags of weed to like a bud of weed you're like Like, what the fuck is that you're like wait this is yeah (laughs) that's like you've been eating exclusively mcdonald's hamburgers and then are presented with like a gourmet steakhouse and you're like wait a minute could i have been eating them all like like this (laughs) hey i'll bang down a couple mcdonald's burgers anytime i'll have Coors lights uh, any day of the week yeah but am i does this stuff exist because i'd rather buy this shit yeah yeah no i remember like the first the first time i ever got weed with a name on it you know and it it was train wreck and it was like and it was the stickiest smelliest craziest thing that i ever had at that point i was like oh shit so this is what i need like that's i immediately went on the hunt and i was like i don't want to smoke any of this other shit anymore i just want to find that oh that's Um, so cool so i was like 16 when that happened and so ever since then i was like where the fuck did this train wreck come from and that's when I that's when I found Overgrow and all that stuff. And that's really learning. fun. That that I have a very similar parallel story. Uh, uh, when I was seventeen, we were going to this fancy beer bar in my neighborhood. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to F and Grooven. Um, I was seventeen years old, but I hung out with this like one dude who was like twenty two, and we would all go in and pretend to be twenty two. But it was a fancy beer bar, so we were trying to be cool. So we were yeah. ordering all these Belgians and like craft brews. <laughs> and then by the time I go away to college, I'm a beer snob. Like yeah. I'm the guy. I'm the only freshman in college who's like Bush Light. Okay, I prefer a Pilsner <laughs> if we can get one. And yeah. It's like, like what people, the fuck's a Pilsner? <laughs> exactly. And then I can imagine you're you like mean the Natty dude. Ice. Yeah. <laughs> you're the dude in the dorm who is like, "Hey, is anyone have? We're, we're uh, thinking about getting some Chemrec OG. Who's in? You know, or whatever." <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> that was like my friends were like, "We're gonna split a thirty rack of Bush." I'm like, "I'll probably get a twelve of Killians." Like I thought I was being like fancy. <laughs> yeah. it, it's red. It's very sophisticated. <laughs> That's yeah. how you know it's good. Um, is uh, Trainwreck still your favorite strain? No, not even close. Um, I mean, that's that's one of those funny things. Like, I, I don't even know if that was actually Trainwreck that I right, got, but it's exactly. just I, I just knew that it was sticky as shit. And it was a big giant bud, and I mean, we we literally stuck that one to the wall. It was it was probably oh. it was probably fresh too. We probably got got taken for 
are like double the weight, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, my, my favorite shit is probably OG. I mean, which is a very like base answer, especially here in California. Right. I, I, there's something about it. It's that plant. Is, is that special. a California strain? Is no, that I mean, it's a, as far as I know, like we've, we've been trying to dig this up for 15 years, but, um, as far as I know, it originated in Florida. That was like the first traceable place that it was around. Um, and then it made it out to California in 96. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> and so there's some people in California that swear it was out here before then. There's some people in Florida that swear it wasn't. So it's kind of kind of nebulous. But like the crew that I tracked it down to was in Florida in the late 80s, early 90s. And that's where all the OG came from. But. That's so awesome. You just said, by the way, we've been uh, trying to uncover that for 15 years. Yeah. I just pictured the coolest group of scientists. <laughs> <laughs> We're on it. <laughs> Just dab rigs. <laughs> we're yeah, we're totally. going to get on in one second. <laughs> Burning the midnight oil. Yeah, totally. Literally. Uh-huh. Uh- yeah, but I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, there's places now that are doing like DNA analysis and all this sort of stuff trying to piece 23 together. 23andMe of weeds. Yeah, that's Yeah, smart. yeah. There's, yeah. Um, there's a place called uh, uh, Phylos. Um, I forget what the last part is. It's like Phylos Genetics or something. But they actually, you can go online on their website and you can see like the genetic links to all these strains. They make like a big universe and you can like move around within the universe to find like related families and all this stuff. And it's all based on genetic testing, which is really cool. Oh, that's so Um, awesome. Forget mapping the human genome. I (laughs) want to know where Jack Herrer falls in this lineage. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And, and I mean, it's super interesting that the pitfall with that is that you can only know it insofar as the person sends you a sample and says, Hey, this is Jack Herrer. Right. Um, Right. So, you know, they probably get a lot of samples from a lot of different places. And if they all say it's Jack Herrer, but they're getting different readings, it's like, which one do you pick? Right. Um, Oh, interesting. that brings us back to the strains conversation, which like Jack Jack Herrer is a strain, but there's 15 different clones out there called that as well. And what is, what is a clone when someone um, says that? I've seen that a few times. So like um, basically if, if you I mean, cannabis generally would start with a seed. So if you if you start from a seed, you determine the plants a female and you really like its qualities, then you'll take a cutting off of it. And so it's the same thing with tomato plants, with whatever. That's how most horticulture is done is with um, asexually with clones. Oh. Um, so basically you just take a cutting off the plant, you get it to root with some rooting hormone, and then you have a genetic copy of that mother plant. Oh, mm. okay. So it grows a second version of that plant, but not a new technically uh, birth from the beginning Correct. plant. So that's why it's a clone. And then sometimes those clones can't reproduce on their own, right? Is that yeah. A- so, I mean, like a, a female cannabis plant can't d- doesn't generally reproduce on its own. You can like stress them out and they'll actually create male sexual organs and then seed themselves. So <laughs> There is a <laughs> fucking <laughs> plethora of like, if you stress the female plant out, it'll grow male parts and Yeah, it'll say, grow dicks and right. balls and fuck itself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. I feel uh-huh. like, I, same thing, but with my wife's nightstand drawer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of the same thing. So, like in a, you know, if you think about a plant, if it's growing on a mountainside and it's like, oh, fuck, winter's coming, then it'll it'll figure out any way to reproduce and and keep its genetic lineage going on. So like with something like OG Kush out here in California, there's 500 different OGs. They're like, oh, it's the Michael Phelps OG. It's the this, it's the that. And like a lot of those are bag seeds, meaning that the OG plant fucked itself made seeds in itself and then now they have a bunch of og seeds and now there's all these 50 ogs that they're releasing oh cool that's oh man yeah because i'm always curious when they have similar lineage when you hear like they have silver in it or haze in it or uh you know you'll you'll see like it'll be like they'll have like i can't even think of an example right now but like jilly bean or like three different things that have like similar root words or suffixes or the second word is all the same and i'm like oh are they from the same family and i guess that's how 
stuff like that gets n- named. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, the way that it went with like cannabis breeding generally is that there were interesting strains from around the world. There was, you know, stuff from South Africa, stuff from Mexico, stuff from whatever. And in the early days and like the, you know, the mid to late seventies into the early eighties, a lot of the, the, you know, genetic kind of pioneers of cannabis started breeding these things together. So they'd take, um, like I'm, I'm friends with, with Mel Frank, who's like one of the, you know, he's like a, you know, close to pushing 70, I think. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's been cataloging this stuff since the beginning. So like he, he's responsible for like Durban poison. So he got Durban seeds from Ed Rosenthal and grew them in California and did selections on them. And then those all went to Amsterdam in the eighties. So like most of the cannabis that we smoke now went through Amsterdam in the eighties and then was bred by seed companies and then to, sold to people all around the world to be made legally in Amsterdam or more, whatever. Cause there it was just easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was easier. And like, um, in the UK seeds are legal. So you can have, you can possess all the seeds you want in the UK and you can mail them out to people in the U.S. without any real responsibility. Um, oh. And so that's how the seed banks proliferated was they set up shops in Amsterdam or in the U.K. And they were able to send it all over the world. So like a strain like Jack Herrer was made by Sensi Seed Bank in Amsterdam. And it was bought by all these different people who all got genetically unique seeds. And so now all these people all around the world are growing, quote unquote, Jack Herrer. But they're but all different. They're all sort of different because Jack Hare is a three-way combination of Northern Lights number five, Skunk number one, and Haze C. Um, so you know you like you can get hazy plants, you can get skunk plants, you can get Northern Lights plants. Right. And, and you know those. So are- if it's like one is uh, if it's. 33 33 34 or 33 35 32 it could tweak like in in those in those increments in those increments it could be like oh uh this is a very uh hazy strain of jack hair this one yeah. highlights the haze part more or whatever yeah yeah so i mean yeah like uh, in the most simple sense like if you have a skunk plant and a haze plant when you when you cross the two the male and the female and then you get all the seeds you'll have a spectrum going from all the way skunk to all the way haze and everything in between oh, okay um so like we were talking about earlier with the stability thing if you if you for example found that you like the haze leaning plants more you would take a haze leaning male a haze leaning female breed those together do it again over generations and generations, and then you'll have a sativa leaning expression of Jack Hare or whatever, or like a haze leaning expression. Oh, cool. Um, All right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Like it's it's sort of I, I guess it would be like if they were corn plants, you'd be like, I like the sweeter corns. It's like, okay, tasting these two kernels, these are the sweeter corns. Let's yeah. pair them off. Let's lose this uh less this more bitter corn and so forth and so and aiming to keep uh like double da- uh, doubling down on the traits you want from it. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's how like apples, that's how like all these other pieces of produce and flowers. Um, we talked about the Dutch, like the Dutch were responsible for flower breeding pretty much the world over and they still are. So like the Dutch went insane over tulips in like the 17 and 1800s <laughs> where they were paying, you know, the, equi- the equivalent of hundreds of thousands of dollars for tulip bulbs, like a single tulip bulb. Um, just to have ev- the, everything. <laughs> yeah, because it grew in a way where there were stripes, you know, like there was a royal family tulip, which grew in a certain way. And so people paid all this money so they can have the royal tulips and all the shit. shit. So they kind of started the genetic, like, anti-diversification because they're like, oh, we like these traits and these traits. And so it just whittles it down, down, down until now you have 10 types of tulips and nothing else. And so that's what happened with cannabis as well. It got whittled down to the point where it's like, do you want skunk? Do you want Northern Lights? Or do you want haze? And that's everything. Um, and, and they also took those genetics all over the world 
and bred them with existing land race plants and fuck those gene pools up. So the, the, the Dutch, you know, through colonialism and through a lot of other things, have fucked up a lot of stuff in terms of biodiversity. So they kind of have a long history of doing that. But Thanks, you know. Dutch. Yeah. Between that and fucking wooden shoes, you've ruined everything for exactly. us. Um, yeah, I thought it was one of the cra- uh, the most standard stonery thing to talk about is uh, when you go to Amsterdam for the first time and you come back and you're like, that was amazing. And then you smoke L.A. weed and you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> yeah. like I, you, you thought I'm going to Amsterdam, the birthplace of it all. And it's like, oh, we have better weed in California totally. and Colorado and in America, but you just can't smoke it in public like you can <laughs> yeah. there, which is like the like my I went with some uh, New York people and they were like, this is the best in the world. They're like, it's no big deal to you because you could just shop for weed. I'm like, yeah. but you still can't like light up in an area set up to smoke, which I think is. I can't wait for the cocktail bar version yeah. of a weed place, you know, where like, oh, yeah, you can go to your uh, dispensary or you can go to a cafe where everyone is blazing. You buy like uh, single use shit and hang out and order food like that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. I mean, c- cannabis is such a social thing. And like there was there was a study that came out recently that I, I think it was like, you know, the majority of people smoke weed alone. And that's that's super weird and shocking because, you know, it's, it's such a social thing. But like because of the stigma and because of the ability to not usually use it in social settings like that. Yeah. Then most people that smoke weed are just they're like, well, I'm at home. I'm in the privacy of my home. I'm just going to smoke and go to bed or whatever. Um, but I think there's there's a whole world of like social interaction that's being robbed of us because we can't do that. And a right. lot of people would would much rather go and smoke weed with people and hang out and have some food then they would go get shit faced with people and then yes. regret it the next day. You yeah. know? So well, that's the thing. It's like, uh, coming home and gassing three vodka sodas by yourself is weird. Ha- going out to yeah. the bar and having three vodka sodas with friends is fine. Yeah. Coming back. Like sometimes I'm just like coming home and I'm like, Oh, I don't have shit to do for four hours. I'm going to go rip a bowl. And I'm like, I would much prefer if I had like a neighbor that I was like, Hey, I'm going to rip a bowl. Come on down. You know, yeah, or like after the grills work, on yeah, yeah. after work, you go stop by the weed cafe and you and you have a coffee and you yeah. smoke a joint. I mean, it's, yeah, that's, that's the one thing that, you know, you know, Amsterdam, like we talked about, the, the, the weed is not that good. It's grown in apartments mostly or it's like <laughs> smuggled in from Spain and it's just it's not that great. Um, but the socialness of it is amazing. And, yeah. You know, just being able to sit down and there's like, you know, old ladies and their grandkids walking down the street and you're just sitting there smoking a joint. <laughs> I mean, it's great and nobody thinks twice about it. Yeah. Or like um, just when the guy hands you a, a joint over the counter and you put it in your mouth and light it. Like it just it's amazing. Feels, yeah. It feels yeah. crazy. You're like, thank you. That would, Like you can't even do that in a bodega if someone hands you a beer. You can't just yeah, go, go, thank go. you. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, it's very instant gratification. And like also, you know, in terms of an industry, like you know, a craft brewer can go to his buddy's brewery and sit down and talk shop and they can figure out how to make the next great IPA or the next whatever. Like the cannabis industry doesn't really have that right now. We go to fucking trade shows and stupid shit like that. Right. The ability to just sit down and brainstorm and do that. Like you have to do it in the, in your house, you know? Right. And so you don't meet strangers. You only meet your friends over and over again. Yeah, Um, it's right. It's like kind of, yeah. And and then like sometimes going to those uh, weed conventions or whatever, feel a little bit like, Oh, this is like, if you were a real fan of Comic-Con, but then you just saw like weird chicks dressed as Lilo Dallas multipass, you'd be like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I, I, thank you, but I'm, I'm here for like the collectible items. <laughs> like, I'm here to actually talk shop about uh, terpenes with some people, not just fucking uh, uh, get a picture next to a chick in a marijuana in a leaf bikini. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
yeah. yeah, the fetishizing of female smokers is insane too. Yeah, it's super crazy. All, all the Instagram, like we always call them like bong humpers. You yeah. know, that's, like, that's kind of yeah. their poses are all very similar. Yeah. Well, and the, the the funniest thing is, is like a lot of the time I'm just like, all right, put in some effort. Like it's always like some like wrinkled T-shirt that they're wearing, and they're just like no pants. I'm like, what the fuck is this Porky Pig shit going on here? Like, just put some pants on. Like, it's, uh, I am. I truly think it's ridiculous, but I think I follow about three of those Instagrams. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No. It's, but. It still combines two things I enjoy very much. Exactly. <laughs> as yeah. much as I think it's tacky, um, sometimes tacky's nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's blaze a little. Yeah. Let's get into it. Squarespace, make your next move. People, get a website. What are you doing without a website? I hate to be the guy in the old fat dude screaming, get yourself a website, but you do. When Russia hacks us all, don't you want to have a cool website? Don't you want to be hip and Putin for hip for Putin to go, hey man, I love your little banjo suspender kangol cap rock group you guys are part of. It's so exciting. I love the dude who plays just two sticks of wood. <laughs> Guys, Squarespace lets you build a beautiful website, online store, whatever it is you want to sell, whether it be t-shirts or a podcast or headshots or, um, you know, close up pictures of celebrity men's feet, like whatever, wink, wink, whatever it might be. Squarespace offers you a unique, unique domain experience. It's flexible to use for any kind of website. It's super easy. And with my promo code, you get 10% off your first purchase, no matter how much stuff you buy. So start your free trial today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code mighty to get 10% off your first purchase that is squarespace.com enter offer code mighty to get 10 percent off your first purchase of squarespace motherfucker oh oh Ooh. you have no idea what that noise is right now but that's me touching the freshly shaved part of my neck where i use dollar shave club dollar shave glove dollar shave club and the Dr. Carver shave butter. Ooh, my neck is smooth. My cheeks are cute. And in between is a nicely trimmed, beautiful beard. You guys, this stuff is for real. Uh, Dollar Shave Club is the smarter choice. You can get a great shave, great price, giving you all uh, blah, 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 all that stuff. It's awesome life hack. Um, you don't have to go to a store, which is, of course, good. But here's the stuff I like about it personally. All, all the standard stuff I love. You know, it comes to your door. It's quality. It's cheap. Um, and razors are like an insane monopoly that uh, is destroying the pockets of young, uh, newly shaving boys. For a limited time, you can get your first month of executive razor with a tube of the shave butter for only $5 with free shipping. And after that, razors are just a few bucks a month. So in your first box, you get the handle, uh, four cartridges, and a tube of the shave butter. Now, it's all a great package, but for me, I really like the shave butter because it, it's a nice shaving cream, but one of the things is it's clear. So I'm going to make sure I get my lines right when I get my lines tight. So next time you see my cheeks or neck, give me a little like, ooh, mister, someone's on that Dollar Shave Club grind. All right, you can get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash mighty. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash mighty. Respect your neck, protect your neck. 
So you brought a yeah. joint of sour diesel yeah, straight uh, from New York? Yeah, shout out to our, our weed producer, Jason Pinsky. He's uh <laughs> he's he's a legend in his own mind and he, he's got some some uh beautiful New York sour diesel that he gave me when I was in New York actually. So, <laughs> so this, he, this, right. this made the plane trip. <laughs> oh wow. So, yeah. That's how you know it's good if you're carrying flour on the plane. Um I thought that Weed Expert was a good title, but Weed Producer is a pretty solid title he, as well. He pushed so hard to get that title, and he finally got it. So. Oh, that's so um, awesome. I guess if you if it was like Chef's Table, you could be the food producer. Why not? Yeah, yeah there's <laughs> culinary producers. I mean, he, he curates the pantry, basically. So if you watch the show, the pantry, most of that shit was sourced either by him or by me. Um, and, and it was all just from our friends pretty much. Oh, just, you know. So cool. That pantry is, I love that moment when you open it for everyone. The, uh, trap kitchen guys were the best. We're like, Oh, we're going to get high. <laughs> yeah. Those guys were amazing. <laughs> I yeah. love, I, I was watching with my wife who doesn't watch every episode, but she was like, I feel like this is a lot of weed that they're putting in the food this time. I'm like, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. And then you see like you and uh, Vanessa, right? Yeah. And they're yeah. going like, okay, yeah, that's, oh, that's <laughs> funny. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and you're that... like, I, I, I distinctly remember maybe it was the THC crystals. You're like, yeah, just a crank or two of that. And they were like, and <laughs> just start going in. <laughs> yeah, they go to town on it. There's, um, we, we've had, we've had a couple times where the chefs kind of fly a little bit loose with with their uh, dosing, but, um, I mean, we generally try to keep it pretty low for people because a lot. Of the times people are being a dinner guest and they're on tv for the first time right. sometimes you know because a lot of people are like writers and stuff like that so they don't do tv shit a lot right and then um, it's like <laughs> if you're smoking and eating edibles exactly like, that's always that's the fucking ultimate double-edged sword is if you're blazing and the only snacking food within arm's reach is also, also medicated yeah, yeah, you're like oh boy <laughs> yeah um <laughs> like, yeah like, oh, shit, i'm super stoned all that's left in front of me is weed caramel corn <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. oh fuck this is gonna be bad yeah um so yeah it's it, it's, it's kind of hard i mean we shoot long days it's always like a 12 hour day yeah. we don't eat a lot of regular food and so like me i'm i'm you know on camera doing the cooking and some of that stuff and so i get left with like the chef scraps a lot of the time so i'm just eating like half-eaten chicken and shit like that but um this is very good by the way yeah yeah no it's pretty proper sour but uh um yeah it's 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 interesting because you know we try to keep it to like you know 15 20 milligrams for the entirety of the meal yeah you know, usually they're sitting there eating for up to two hours okay we have yeah. to stop for to get beauty shots of the food and all that sort of shit um so you know usually what happens is we like they show up they hang out for a couple hours get super high with abdullah um you know because we're, we're we just sit around and smoke joints all day in the house so we just oh yeah that, re that reminded me of another great moment is you tending to smoking the meat overnight and you're it's just you in uh the uh night sky changing colors <laughs> yeah totally. and you just burning through joints like just fucking chain smoking joints. <laughs> yeah that was that was a real thing i i actually stayed up for 16 hours and actually smoked that meat and it actually turned out pretty fucking good yeah so, that's um, wild <laughs> you're like someone has to do this you're like fuck it i'll do it <laughs> yeah well cause, yeah because yeah literally i mean we were gonna have some poor fucking pa come and like and spend the night and sleep on the couch i'm like dude we i like i live at the house that the that the, the show is shot at but, wait yeah <laughs> oh because you're from colorado yeah yeah so okay, like okay. I, i'm from colorado and like <laughs> I, was, our... <laughs> I was like you're getting ripped off man <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're not supposed to have to shoot at your house <laughs> yeah uh, yeah totally so like anybody who's like the vice crew you know that we have a, a california office and a new york office so a lot of the the camera people and producers and stuff like that are from here but then myself and pinsky the weed producer and abdullah and our other producer are all from new york um i'm from denver but um so yeah we all stay in the house and so we're <laughs> you know we, we just live there you know it's fucking the most insane thing in the world to like wake up in the morning and be like hmm, what do i want to smoke and you just 
open that fucking ridiculous pantry. Holy uh, shit, that sounds <laughs> it's, fucking amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, a, it's a weird dream I'm living in right now. It's like, <laughs> I can't quite get a handle on it. It's like the guys from the show Workaholics, the sh- the house they filmed in, the first uh, they lived there for the first season oh, or two. Yeah, That's it was crazy. their own home. Like wow. They thought they could save money by renting. So they would have to like be there for 14-hour shoot days and then go to sleep there <laughs> that's like the most stress <laughs> it is there's not a lot of work-life separation on right. wrong appetite we just <laughs> yeah. like flow right into it so. but you get to you get to go from chock full of dosed food to eight feet to your bed which i think is like <laughs> yeah. a, an ideal setup <laughs> yeah i needed that after the trap kitchen dinner that that one i i was i was super fucking high that macaroni and cheese and the pineapple upside down cake was strong oh yeah it was do you get strong. super high anymore I do. I, I mean, I do off of edibles mostly. Like, yeah. like me, I'm I'm dabbing all day and whatever. So I, I kind of get to like my my equilibrium, and then right. I'm just looking for different flavors. So I just do different dabs all day. But, um, but yeah, I mean, edibles, edibles. Like when you eat them, they actually metabolize into a totally different chemical. So I don't eat a ton of edibles, um, and so I don't have much of a tolerance to that yeah. chemical. So uh, yeah, I find um, it to be completely different too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, when it goes through your liver, it converts and it and it turns into not delta nine. THC anymore and so like I have I have you know quite the tolerance for delta 9 THC 11 hydroxy THC I do not so um but yeah so it's uh you know and like when I first got in involved with the show I was like fuck I don't really eat edibles I don't like make edibles like that like I understand all the science of how they're made and how to dose things and whatever but I don't I don't generally enjoy them but like doing the shows made me think about edibles in such a different way where it's not like here's an edible it's meant to get you high it's more like implementing cannabis into food as a whole yeah um and that's so it's more like here's food you might get a little high from it yeah and and it's more like i mean we use it mostly for flavor on the show like we that's what i think is texture and and presentation i mean vanessa is like a a queen with all the desserts with leaves on them i mean i I love the the, uh the full fronds in the uh corn uh not corn cake uh, oh, cornbread. cornbread. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Corn yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, I mean, that's kind of become her signature. Like we sort of started it like way in the beginning. And then now every time we're like, oh shit, how can we use these leaves? Um, but I mean, can- cannabis leaves are going to be like the next great health thing, I think, because they're, they're actually more nutrient dense than kale. Um, really? They have all, all of the, ami- uh, the essential amino fat, uh, amino acids and essential fatty acids. Um, it's super, super crazy. So oh, I mean, you wild. can, you can stuff a big bale of leaves into a juicer and, and get, you know, an insane amount of value. out of And it, with so. no, uh, psychoactive, cause that's what we're talking about. The, the, the non bud part of the plants. Yeah. Well, and, and if you do, I mean, you could even grind buds or like, you know, live plants as or long whatever. as you don't heat them. It, yeah. As long as you don't heat them, then you're just getting THCA, which is, which is incredibly beneficial. Um, you oh, know, it's wow. an anti-inflammatory, it's anti-anxiety. It's like a whole bunch of of good things and it has those those actual nutrients in it um omega-6 omega-3 fatty acids you just made me think of a question i've been meaning to ask since like can cbd really come get you like knock away psychoactive effects is yeah i do thc a little bit because i was very curious about i was very curious about that yeah i mean um chemically uh so like with chemical interactions there's um there's protagonists and there's antagonists so 
um, CBD works as an antagonist to THC, meaning that it chemically balances it. Mm -hmm. So like I, I ate a misdosed ice cream the other, like a couple <laughs> weeks ago. And I woke up at three 30 AM holding onto my fucking bed with my heart pounding and head spinning and shit. And I was like, uh Oh, you know, that ice cream must've been <laughs> stronger than it said. Um, cause I had eaten one like a couple days before that. And I was like, Oh, this is really good. And then the one that I ate the second time was kind of grainy and it just sort of had a different texture. And I was like, mm, maybe this isn't right. But I, of course I kept fucking eating it. Cause it was, <laughs> it was like, ice cream. it was like midnight and I wanted the snack. So, um, so yeah, I, I woke up at three 30. I was fucking flipping out. I, I mean, I knew exactly what happened so i wasn't like scared but i was just kind of like oh, fuck, oh I, gotta I gotta deal, deal with, with this, this. Yeah, yeah exactly it's like uh -huh. kind of like just getting diarrhea from drinking yes, where you're like shit. i know how to yeah. do this but fuck i get i'll deal with it <laughs> yeah so um so i ended up i was like fuck what do i do i'm just gonna i'm just gonna like go drink some water and see if it but it like didn't go away i was up for like an hour and i'm like fuck i'm like in the thick of this so <laughs> i i went downstairs and i dabbed some cbd like we have some cbd isolate which i actually i think i brought with um, to show you, but, um, but yeah, so I had some CBD isolate, which is like 99% CBD. And I did like three big CBD dabs right in a row. And within half an hour, I was good. Um, wow. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my personal experience with it. I mean, we, you know, generally there's like anecdotally, like people that smoke a, a lot of CBD tend to need more THC to get them high. Um, oh, okay. So it kind of it kind of digs you in a negative high hole, and then you sort of like dig your way back out of it when you add THC. Oh, okay. That's yeah. oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. I smoked a. Uh, I don't really smoke CBD all too often, um, uh, but I, I smoked. Uh, I got like a free. You know, four twenty was not too long ago, so yeah. I got like I hit up all my favorite dispensaries for all my goodies to make sure I got all my goodie bags. Yeah. Again, shout out to the Emerald Room on Melrose. This is not a Rye Pritchard. Uh, this is me, <laughs> John Gabris. <I'm> not, <laughs> I got to shout them out there. I feel like they can hear me. The, the place is so close to my house. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I smoked a CBD joint because my friends were smoking cigars, but it was like the middle of the day. I didn't want to necessarily get high. Yeah. But I was like, it's hard to see people smoke without wanting a joint. Yeah. Like, like shows like High Maintenance, Bong Appetit, even shows that most TV shows when they start, if I'm really into it, I'm like, fuck, I got to go smoke before I watch this. But like watching High Maintenance and fucking Bong Appetit or Weedah Kid, I'm like, I need to smoke. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. I can't watch someone else do it for that long. Yeah. And not try to get involved myself. <laughs> yeah. So what the fuck was I saying when I started that sentence? <laughs> Sour Diesel's kicking in. Uh -huh. Oh, so I smoked that CBD joint and I was like, oh, I, this feels great. I got the taste and the flavor of uh, smoking a joint, but I wasn't twisted at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's nice. I mean, for people that get anxiety when they smoke, um, I would recommend like consuming some CBD, like just in, in your general day. And then you're less likely to get anxiety from THC. Oh, cool. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah. And, and earlier we talked about terpenes a little bit. And, and my, my contention is that terpenes are actually what makes you feel the quote unquote sativa and the quote unquote indica effects. Because like, if you look at aromatherapy, if you look at a lot of other fields like that, um, you know, for example, the smell of lavender is from a terpene called linalool. And so lavender is known for like being relaxing yes. and being, you know, and, and that's, it's, it's, you know, certain, certain heavy strains have a ton of linalool in them. Oh. And so it's like you smoke it and you get relaxed. And you it, get it is funny that like sativas smell like citrus, like poppy fruit and yep. that uh, indicas smell like cheese and basement and like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, or like mm -hmm. earth and like uh, stuff that. And it's like, 
that's weird that the taste would correlate sort of with the feeling they give you. That doesn't make that much sense, right? Yeah, yeah. Unless totally. it is the terpenes that is causing it. That's such a cool. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's why people can smoke. Like some people will smoke a quote unquote indica, and they get an uplifting effect. And that's because whoever sold that to them just was like, oh, well, the two plants that went into it were quote unquote indica varieties, but this particular plant actually has some of those other terpenes and so it'll take you a different direction oh do you um, want to give some uh i mean is this a is this like asking me to name my uh favorite comedy movie like do you have favorite strains uh of like for anything specific like oh if i'm gonna go see a movie i'd like to do blank or um or because you're so flavor oriented that's what that's more the angle you come at it for i mean that's that's yeah in general but like i would i would say in a general sense i like ogs when i'm kind of hanging out like like right now like yeah. the, if we're like hanging out and talking with a friend or like eating food or something like that where you're just kind of having light conversation or whatever um i like i like ogs because they're relaxing i don't um i have a little bit of like anxiety and shit a lot of the time so right ogs cause that to go away for me generally yeah um if i'm trying to like be creative or if i have like a lot of work to do then i'll smoke like some really kind of uppy equatorial sativa type shit um and usually the way that i judge those is if they smell like like eucalyptus or like sandalwood um, those are the ones that usually really get you going Um, oh interesting what's like 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 the sweet stuff like the hay like the haze like that kind of um sweet citrus like that's kind of a mid-level sativa to me that's like a 70 percent oh okay cool but oh that's (laughs) (laughs) i love dude it's just so fun to hear i love any if anyone's interested in anything as much as you are interested in weed i would want to talk to them about that topic (laughs) but i'm so interested in weed i'm just like i have like one million (laughs) questions and i'm getting high and i'm like okay let's just make sure we cover all the important stuff as if this is remotely journalism and my listeners are going to be like well you never even got to the terpene part (laughs) like i'm gonna lose people on this um as if people who are listening to this aren't just high like oddly riding a bike around their fucking hometown yeah totally (laughs) um i like and so what are what do you think oh what 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 flavors do do you think people don't know like do you think people don't realize they're having because i know i like i'm always thinking like the two kinds of uh plants taste like either fruit or cheese like a fruit or earth or you know or root vegetable <laughs> yeah i mean but like you, i see on the show you're like you have like these ideas to pair foods where i'm like i don't even know what weed like you know you're like oh yeah we need something a little grapey with this and i'm like yeah. how does you you like the is your flavor like are you that good with your palate or is it like after t- after just doing it over and over, I'm just asking a mile long question, but yeah, you know yeah. what I'm getting at here. Um, no, I mean like um, in Denver, I started doing these these flavor parties called Terp Quest, and so basically what we do is we, you know, the first one was like liquid nitrogen juice sorbets. So we got all this like cold pressed juice, and we did liquid nitrogen sorbets, and then we like you would you would take a dab, eat the sorbet, take another dab, and and the dab influences the way the sorbet tastes. And then when you have the sorbet in your mouth, the dab tastes different. And so there's, there's a lot of complex interactions going on in your mouth when you like breathe a thing in, because when you, when you're breathing in smoke, as opposed to tasting something, it travels into your sinuses in a different way. It hits your, your palate in a different way. So like a good live resin, for example, will give you like three distinct flavors. You get one on the inhale, one while it's in your head basically and then you get a totally different one when you're exhaling and when you have 
have like an aftertaste. Oh, that's um, so good. Yeah, I saw you guys did that thing where you like, I think it was an oyster, then a, a yeah, 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 then a dam, yeah. and then an oyster, uh, the same exact thing again, but yeah. changing the flavor. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that, that episode, that was actually how I got involved with the show initially was that I pitched that episode, you know, where it was just like a pairing concept. And then they ended up you know, taking it back internally, the production, and then they needed like a co-host. And so I put my name in or my name in the hat um, for that <laughs> position. And, and I basically did the same thing where they gave me all the episode guidelines. I told them what I would do, how I would infuse the things. And then I ended up getting the job. Uh, but that, that particular episode is like super dear to my heart. Cause that was basically, you know, my brainchild saying, I want to show this. And I got to do it on fucking national TV, which is the know, coolest thing I could uh, ever imagine. Fucking, I, I love it. It's like, you're like, truly it feels like f- true fusion at that point i mean putting it into it is pretty uh you know serving dosed food is pretty uh fusion but like where you're combining the flavors like chasers of like oh now sip this with you know like oh you like this wine now have a piece of chocolate now sip the wine feel how it's opened it up in a different way or something like that's cool to think about marijuana at that and you wouldn't want to necessarily i mean is there a world in which even burning flour could affect taste like would that be it's just so harsh to get smoke in that that kind of annihilates flavor. Yeah, way. exactly. I mean, it's it, that's why I prefer dabs for that sort of reason. Right. Because I mean, a when you like blow them out, they smell good. I mean, they don't <laughs> they don't like overwhelm and make everything smell kind of skunky and right. whatever like weed smoke does. Um. So so yeah. I mean, I think I think you get a pure flavor with dabs, and then it's also just makes for a more pleasant experience. Um. So we use them for like intermezzos and stuff like that, where <laughs> you'd get a little like you know sorbet for a palate cleanser or whatever. We just do a dab. Um, you know, so awesome. I can't uh, wait till there's a dab I could do before bed that like brushes my teeth and hits me with like a dope ass indica yeah, high totally. for fucking like, going to bed. Yeah, <laughs> <dab>. no, it, <laughs> vitamin C dab yeah. when you start feeling sick. <laughs> totally, and, and I mean we're right on the cusp of that sort of formulation. I mean people are getting to the point where you can you can take all the things that you like and none of the things that you don't like, and, right? And really tailor it. I mean there's there's dab you know like pens and stuff like that. People are doing formulation with certain terpene profiles for alertness for sleep for calm for whatever um and and they work i mean they work and and some some of it is placebo like i've seen a ton of times in my career like doing um we used to have like teams of strain reviewers yeah and so sometimes we would we would not play jokes on but you know we would test them just we tell them it's something and it's actually something else and they would react as if it was what we told them so i mean a lot of the sativa indica thing i think is placebo effect yeah, I, I think I think you might be right, because I, I I believe I believe that as well. Because I, I, like I remember someone was like, I can't smoke indica right now. I'll I'll pass out. And yeah. I'm like, I feel like this is that's not true about indica. First of all, like, and maybe if you convince yourself that if you smoke indica, you fall asleep. That's good to have in your life. Yeah. It's good to have that spiritual connection. But I was also like, I think the rest of us are going to smoke this indica joint and be awake. <laughs> so- yeah, because we're talking to each other and shit. Like, who yeah. falls asleep in the middle of a conversation? Right. That's what yeah. I was like, and I was like, you, you've got that set. Like, for example, like people who don't. Oh, I, I got really fucking high. Oh, I'm like, oh, do you want to take a hit of this? Like, no, I can't. I can't get high. I don't do well with it. I'm like, oh, why? They're like, I ate this cookie at a friend's party. And, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, okay, that's a completely different thing, just so you know. Yeah. I always feel so bad. I'm like, no, then you're going to – don't throw this whole thing away because you could just try a little tiny baby hit. Totally. That's that, that's what happens a lot of the time. Like, you, on, you know on, you're chatting when like two joints have gone <laughs> out. Gone out yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, joint is out for like the fourth time. Um <laughs> 
So, um, you know, that's one of the things with, uh, like a lot of the times people that sort of dabble with weed, they usually do it like at a party. So they're right. like five drinks in and then they smoke weed and they're like, weed makes me sick. Weed makes me paranoid. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's cause you've had like five beers and then you smoke and, and like alcohol opens up your pores in your stomach and right. in your lungs and everything. So when you, when you consume cannabis, it makes it stronger. And the same thing if you smoke cannabis and then drink, it's stronger, but in a different way. So like my rule is always like smoke first and then drink and then don't smoke again. Oh. They, they, they don't mix very well. Like a lot of people have bad experiences. They get the spins, they get whatever. And it's from that mix of things. And it's usually when they're, they're drunk and then they smoke weed. Then I it all goes that, bad. I find that a lot of times yeah. my the people I know who are like, oh, I don't because I hang with a lot of party people, par- yeah. people that party, and I'm like, party people. I hang with a lot of party <laughs> hey, people. Party people. Yeah, it's like the '90s. I'm like a '90s <laughs> club girl. Yeah. Um, but uh, and they'll be like, oh, I can't smoke. I'm like, they're like, I, I threw up last time. I, and I was like, well, you also drank yeah. a bottle and half a wine that night. It's like, yeah, but. I always drink a bottle of wine. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you don't always also smoke. Yeah, it's totally. Like, and I'm like, did you when you puked? Did only smoke come out of your mouth? And they're like, <laughs> exactly. no. I'm like, well, then it can't be. <laughs> yeah, it was wine. Just- <laughs> yeah. yeah, and 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 that happens a lot with people who like dab too so like they go to a party and somebody's like hey do you want to dab and then they they get like this red hot dab they cough their lungs out and yeah they're like i'm never doing that again like the first the first time i ever smoked extract i'm like i'm i'm fuck concentrates i'm never doing that again in my entire life Ugh. and then then i was introduced to like the skillet swing which was like the old way to do it you know in like 2010 they had right. these little swings that you would use um and that was the first time i ever had like a good concentrate hit and then i was like oh shit this is kind of nice and so like a lot of people People are like, oh, I did one dab and it was way too strong for me or whatever. It's probably because it was too fucking hot. So right. like low temp dabs are the best way to consume cannabis. Like I'll go, I'll go on record. And, and anybody <laughs> you like. You heard it here first. Yeah, I mean, we, we have, we have like producers and people on the show that don't smoke weed generally, or they smoke it a little bit kind of. And every single one of them, when we give them a nice low temperature dab, they're like, Ooh, and they have a great experience and and they don't do two dabs. They don't do three dabs. You just right. do one nice low temperature one and you're good and you get an amazing flavor. And they're like, I never knew it could taste like that. It always tastes like smoke. It tastes like burning. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And I could only imagine like, especially if it's, they're not doing the coughing or the, like they're, you're, you're not getting all that nose burn and stuff, how yeah. much easier they can roll into that high too. Cause like, I know for, I can imagine the sensation if you're not really a smoker taking a hit cough 10 times and then just as you catch your breath back you are super high it's like that's always that's what i'm you know i'm okay with but you see other people and (laughs) they're like i'm having a hard time i'm like you should be (laughs) like that's bad (laughs) yeah no and and so like whenever you know like a lot of the chefs and stuff on our show they're they're intimidated by dabs very much and so we 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 kind of like hold their hand and and make them feel okay and then we give them a dab and they always love it and they're and they're always like wow that flavor and and especially for a chef somebody who who thinks about things with a culinary perspective it totally changes the way that things right. are because the flavor is so strong and so clear when you get it right oh let's do uh, a dab I yeah let's like. do it i feel like we can <laughs> yeah. we're coming to a uh close here we can end on a on a goodbye dab so i got a i got an amazing og dab for you oh, so right. this is this is from our our buddy uh fresh off the bud um he's he makes some, <laughs> some, some really great concentrates really yeah I'll, I'll uh blast this real quick the yeah. torch you have like a little paper towel or something, possibly. Uh, yeah, I should have a paper. <laughs> I should have three paper towels and a bottle of lotion right next to my desk. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, there we go. So yeah, I'm gonna 
so, clean this off. There's the torch noise. I happen and... to have just one old dirty dab tool from when I <laughs> used to. I had one of those uh, vapes you had to load yourself. <laughs> oh, like, like a vape a, pen? Yeah, like a vape pen. Then you had to like pack it in there. And I was like, it's this is very difficult to do. Yeah, and that was the one thing I forgot was a dabber. I brought like the whole fucking pantry <laughs> otherwise. But... Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, let me grab a, fo- a photo of that as well before this all goes away. Hopefully, <laughs> they'll take the lid off of some of these guys here so you can see what's in there. It's going to be um, such a shitty photo anyway, so don't yeah. don't stress. <laughs> oh. All these. We've got the live resins there. Jeez, look at um, this. So, so yeah, we, we, we talked about it a little bit, but live resin is like the product that I'm obsessed with personally. That's my, that's my favored product. And, and the reason is, is because it's made from fresh frozen live plants. So that's the ones that they're like flash frozen and then a slowly crunch down. Is that well, right? so no. no, basically what you, so like, um, normally, you know, cannabis, when it's harvested for flowers or whatever, you cut it down, you trim it, you let it hang dry and then you put it in jars and cure it and whatever. So that, that gives you a certain flavor profile, but like most people have never smelled a living cannabis plant and the, the aroma that comes off of a living plant versus a dried nug is like not even in the same world. Oh wow! I mean, it's, it's a, it's different. Like you smell different things in in the same plant when it's wet versus dry but it's it's you actually lose like 85 plus percent of the terpenes as it's drying which is the flavor yeah and aroma part yeah, oh, yeah. okay and, and okay. you lose all of the delicate terpenes so like well, what are called monoterpenes um they they come off off of things at very low temperatures and so you lose a lot of that stuff and that's all the nuance that's like how you really can tell varieties apart is that sort of stuff um so live resin you know you take the plant at its peak when it's like the most full of essential oils you harvest it you freeze it and then you process it cold and that prevents any of those terpenes from flying off so you have something that smells incredible like like an og plant yeah (laughs) that's so awesome and then and then when you taste this like you'll get the whole spectrum of that flavor and you'll get i mean you'll notice when you taste it you get like a you know a a frontal an in your head and an exhale um so that's that's kind of that that's why i love live resin you know it's it's a a beautiful thing live resin is it's different still than is wax butter shatter are those all just different preparation ways for uh preparations of concentrates yeah they're all it's all texture so like when you when you get um basically the way it works like with a with a butane extract you you run the butane over it you get all the oils out and then you have basically like this soup of like cannabinoids terpenes and then the butane so as you're getting the butane out there's a couple different ways to do that you can like agitate it physically which is like whipping it and so if you whip it then it'll turn into a butter it's like making a vinaigrette oh. you like emulsify the cannabinoids and the terpenes together into one thing and so that's how wax is made oh, okay. um, so you can make live resin wax or you can make regular wax with dried material um then like this um this uh h or live sugar um is separated so these these are all the cannabinoid crystals and then the terpene is another fraction that you pull off. So this is this is like should be close to no flavor, but super powerful uh, effect wise. Yeah, that's or it's, ge- a, it's pushing towards minimal flavor. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then like with the live resin sugar, we leave all of the terpenes in there with the cannabinoids, but you still have this crystal structure. So you have kind of like a sandy, like brown sugar kind of crystal. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's all just in the preparation. And then if you if you don't disturb it and don't do anything to it, then you can have like a shatter consistency, which oh, okay. scientifically is called a concrete, and that basically means like it you know it makes like a matrix that's stable 
and so you have like this kind of glassy, you know, see-through. Those are the ones that come like folded up in a parchment paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so you can make live resin shatter. You can make regular shatter, but it's it's all just the preparation. But live resin is your favorite way because, as a man who's uh, all about the terpenes, yeah, um, that's the one that saves the terpenes at the at the at its highest. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm de- I'm like. Proving to both you and myself that I was paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a lot. I mean, that's that's kind of the challenge of you know I'm I'm I can be super dense with terms and shit like that at, at times. And so when we're making the show, we're trying to make it for a, a general audience, so yeah. we don't want to scare people off. So I have to try to try to simplify things. So but. right now you're you're heating up the rig. Yeah, so this this rig has a, a quartz nail on it. This actual this particular one's called a trough. Um, it's from a a guy in Denver who has a, a, a service pig, and so he makes a lot of pig related things. Um, so this is a, a trough. You can see the little pig in the bottom. Oh, of it. okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically what I'm doing is I'm I heated it up, and then I just feel like with my hand, and then some, I sometimes blow on it, and I can kind of feel what the right temperature range is. Oh, to get it um, to the right. Oh God, this is like the guys. If you're gonna start dabbing, I. Feel feel like this is the way to do it <laughs> yeah. i've damped like a handful of times but it's always like at a party or in some way where no, no one I'm, I'm i'm not in full confidence of anyone i'm doing this with all right so anyway. i'll just uh and what's my best way to hit this how do you recommend pulling this? um just just start hitting it i'll, I'll dab it on there for yeah. you and then i'll then i'll cap it so yeah just yeah there you go and so now i'm gonna cap it with one of these jars So that should be super low temp. It should taste great. (laughs) (coughs) I took a bigger head than I intended. (laughs) But holy shit, that tasted awesome. Hold on. I'm still, I still have it. Oh man, it's all in here. That's, that's, that's the fun when it sits in your face. That's, that's the real magic. It's like I can still taste it in my (laughs) eyes. Oh, it's fucking delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that that's that's live resin, you know. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, and and you can do that from all these different plants, and you get a totally different experience. And like, that's kind of my lifeblood is that is oh. like that experience of like, holy shit, it smells shit. good in the room now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I like the smell of burning weed, of course, but yeah. it that that's a smell that I bet <coughs> my wife would just be happy to smell. Period. Yeah, I mean that's that that's why you know I generally don't smoke a ton of joints at home. I mean I can I can do this all day and I come home and I smell like fucking flowers. Right, right. Everybody's like, oh, you smell great. Uh, and our, our our weed producer, he always does uh, like he gets terpenes on his fingers and he like rubs them into his beard and shit, so that he's just like carrying around like super silver haze scent all day and shit. Um, but yeah, that, that's one of my favorite parts. Like um, this this strain that I'm gonna dab on right now is called Flow. Um, it's super popular in, in Colorado, not so popular out here, but it's the most unique, like incense. it smells like incense. It makes the room smell incredible. So, Oh, that's wild. Let's see do if it. I can do that here. But, um, but yeah, d- dabs are the most misunderstood part of, of cannabis right now, for sure. People- right. Cause to me up until maybe <sighs> watching Bong Appetit slash this conversation, <laughs> I looked at dabbing. It was like the shot of the shot of you know 200 proof liquor yeah and and i mean to joints wine you know yeah and and it can be i mean if you do a big giant dab really hot or whatever you're consuming more cannabinoids than you are with a joint but when you do oh shit oh right (laughs) (laughs) well uh, authentic authentic uh (laughs) of course 
that happens. Of course. <laughs> That's completely reasonable. <laughs> and here comes Arthur to... Arthur's coming in to investigate. Fan is on. <laughs> yeah, so that, that happened because we were burning the excess oil off of the nail, so... Um, no, normally, normally, like I, I dab in a lot of hotel rooms and stuff, and that's the only thing you got to watch out for is when you're burning it off. Right, right. But, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, almost to a person, everybody that we've like given a proper dab just loves it, you know, and and they're and they're blown away by the flavor. They're blown away by how they don't get stupidly high. Like it's a yeah, very like I'd controlled. Like the the uh, speed at which the high comes on. Yeah, yeah. It's like upon <laughs> exhale in a way. Totally. I'm just like, whew, yeah, that affected me. <laughs> yeah. And because it, it uh, a dab hits you in the septum in a great way. It feels like, like, cause you did it's so strong smelling and so yeah. powerful in your face. It's awesome. Yeah. And they, I mean, depending on the variety, they hit you in different ways. Like sometimes you'll taste them right on your tongue. Sometimes you taste them in your nose. Sometimes it's, it, it changes. And that's like the way that we as humans experience flavor is like a lot of it is smell. A right, lot of it right. is actual effect on the taste buds. So yeah, live, live resin does all that shit. Oh, that smells awesome. It smells like grandma's house. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it smells like incense. It's very, like, floral. Yeah, it's very, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's fucking wild. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it tastes like inside your head, too. I oh, mean, it's such I a... Could, dude, yeah. guys, if you're, like, if you're like me, whose <laughs> wife doesn't like the smell of weed in the house... Maybe dabbing is the answer. <laughs> yeah, and, and vape pens. I mean, we didn't really talk about that much, but right. um, you know, vape pens are kind of the way that most people are consuming cannabis right now. If yes. you're in, if you're in a state that has them available, right? And in a place like New York, where you know you're kind of worried about walking down the street smoking a joint and yeah. whatever. You, I mean, everybody vapes out there. That's like yeah, the, that's the number one thing. It's the only thing I feel safe flying with. I fly yeah. with some edibles and a vape pen. Yeah, because I'm just like I'm saying it's an e-cigarette until the day I die. <laughs> If yeah, I totally. have to, um, I always thought it's funny that like if the TSA worker was like, "Is this weed?" and I was like, "No, it's tobacco," and he's like, "Well, we have a guy," and then like some dude comes out of the back of the TSA and it's like you, it's you in a TSA uniform. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Well, this cannabis that. expert is gonna hit it and tell you exactly." Yeah. And you're like, "No, I'm going to jail." <laughs> Shit. Yeah, uh, it's funny the uh, the TSA on their website not that long ago, which I think they actually pulled it down, but they had a thing that basically said like we're we don't, not we don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah, we don't give a shit. And and in my experience, they don't. I mean, I've uh, I I haven't personally flown with that much stuff. I usually yeah. just fly with a little bit of concentrate or whatever. Right. But um, you know, I know people that fly with. I mean, I, I know I know a certain group of people. We went to the to judge the cannabis cup in Amsterdam one year, mm-hmm. and those guys flew out with. You know, probably 300 grams of hash oil, um, like whipped butter, you know, like, like live resin butter. They flew out with that and then they flew out with a bunch of flowers and then they mailed flowers to themselves because they ran out of their OG and they, and they didn't like any of the weed in Amsterdam. And, you know, that, that weed was so loud. We got kicked out of hotel rooms just for the smell of it. We weren't even smoking in there. They just knew there was fucking weed because it reeked so bad. And those dudes were like, just took it on the plane. They don't care that, uh, one of them even got a little inspection note where they're like, yeah, we went through your shit and all his stuff was still there all the meat everything was there yeah i know my my friends who carry flour like put it in a sock or wrap it in like their prescription or their wreck and they're like 
don't be that much of an asshole. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, what, what most likely happens is that like the TSA agent will see it and they're like, oh shit, I'm taking this weed. Yeah. You know? like, and that, who are you going to report that to? Yeah. But nobody's going to jail. You're just losing your weed. Yeah. You know? um, um, yeah. Holy shit. I am glad I saved the dab for the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Thank you so much for coming on and talking course, to man. me, man. This has been fucking great. Um, I, I think if people, if, uh, the, um, the listeners are going to fucking love this and, if you guys have follow-up questions, uh, questions I didn't get a chance to ask Rye, obviously we can set it up for another episode, but uh, you can also tweet at me and Rye. Rye, what's your Twitter? Are you on um, that at yeah, all? Yeah, on Twitter, I'm, I'm Cannabis Encyclo. Um, <laughs> and on, on, uh, on Instagram, I'm Cannabis Encyclopedia. So that, that's, <laughs> Instagram is, is my number one. I don't use right, Twitter as much. Right. I'm kind Check of a Twitter out IG. idiot. But, yeah. yeah, or uh, throw, throw some comments at us. I'll post a picture of our table or of us. Um, and throw some, uh, any other questions I should have asked, uh, Ryan, anything you want to plug? Uh, there's new episodes of Bong Appetit airing currently. Yeah. The, yeah. uh, the newest episode is actually with, uh, Abdullah and I's mom. So we, we oh. did like a mother's day brunch. My mom came on and, um, it was super, super special episode. Really <laughs> That's cool. So and, cute. Um, we actually worked with uh, kismet, which is a really great restaurant here in LA. Um, so those ladies came over and made a CBD brunch for our moms Oh, that's and so we had cute. an awesome time. So it's, yeah, it's a super cool episode. It's, uh, every Wednesday, 10, 30 Eastern on Viceland. Yeah, guys, and you can check also out. watch it online. Fan. Yeah, yeah I, I highly recommend uh, all of the marijuana programming Viceland has. Uh, Bang Appetit is great. Weed a Kid is great. Krishna is such an awesome host. And Fuck That's Delicious is technically weed programming <laughs> yeah. as well. Uh, uh, action is my fucking uh, like alter ego hero of just like if I did hip hop instead of comedy and I uh, had a little more tolerance for tattoo pain, I would be <laughs> just like that fucking guy. Yeah, he's great. Um, Cool. As always, I'm at John Gabris, and I am currently very baked. And uh, um, hit me, uh, Gabris.com slash shirts if you want to buy some High and Mighty t-shirts. And uh, guys, we'll talk soon. Please hit us with some weed questions. I have so much more to learn. I just uh, got my blue lightsaber to light my... <laughs> I've gained a level. Yeah, I'm so sure. proud of myself. I'm going to figure out how to shut this off. I swear <laughs> I could do this. Bye, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast.